0: It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now.
1: And we're back on Decal Download. I'm Reg Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, as always with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. Well, during our annual Georgia Pre-K Week held October the 4th through the 8th, DECAL officially named Georgia's Pre-K Teachers of the Year for the 2021-2022 school year. The private center winner is Lenita Carey from Jackson Creek Academy in Lilburn. And the public school winner is Stephanie Currington from King's Chapel Elementary School in Perry. And Commissioner, again this year, you surprised our recipients on a Zoom call attended by coworkers and family and friends.
2: Yes, uh, we did, and it's always uh, one of the best days of the year for decal to to get to surprise these two teachers, but also even more importantly to recognize them for all their hard work um, that they do for the Georgia pre-K program and for their four and five year years. yeah, you know, we've had to do zoom calls now
1: long. for two years running, and they genuinely seem surprised. I don't know how the local school pulls all that off, but it it's pretty amazing
2: it's it is. It, it's always a good surprise. Not as good as in person when we bring, um, you know, big checks and Callie, our mascot. But yeah, they are super excited. I love watching and just the families really that
1: day. log in and uh, the Zoom capabilities <laughs> are all over the place when it comes to family and friends on the call. So uh, it's, it's fun to talk about. And that's what we're going to do today. Joining us to talk about the experience are our new Georgia Pre-K Teachers of the Year, Lynette Carey. And Stephanie Currington, along with the team mom, the homeroom mom (laughs) of the Teacher of the Year program, and that's Megan McNeil, Summer Transition Program and Outreach Coordinator uh, who oversees uh, this program every year. Ladies, welcome to the podcast.
3: Thank you so much.
1: Well, Megan, let's start with a little bit of background on the Teacher of the Year program. How long have we been doing this? Kind of explain how it works.
0: Sure, Um, this is our sixth year of the program, so we're super excited. Um, I can't believe it's been six years already, but um, we're very excited about our winners this year. Um, The program kind of works. Uh, We have an application that opens traditionally in about February or March, um, and the application entails uh, prospective people filling out um, and answering questions, um, and those applications are submitted. And they're actually reviewed and read and scored by outside readers of DECAL. We try to keep it um, where nobody within the department is reviewing and scoring those. Um, And once we review those applications and they're scored, we select six finalists. We have three for the public schools and three for the private child care centers. Um, And then from that, um, we would then have them submit um, information when they come back to school, which includes Um, An observation in their classroom. So they have someone that this year and last year observed their classroom virtually. Um, We have two people doing that, and those are scored and reviewed. They also submit a small group video to us, and those are actually scored and reviewed as well. They submit a copy of a lesson plan, which is reviewed, and then they also have a face to face interview. Um, That is with a panel of folks from DECAL, though those are non pre K folks. So that is how um, the process works. And then the scores from the final um, observations and interviews are actually how we determine our winners. So both Stephanie and Lenita both came out um, on top and we were excited. We had some really great finalists this year as we always do, um, but they they uh, looked better than anyone else out there.
2: <laughs> I'm just always so glad that we don't choose Megan. And I say this every year, no. this is not a popularity contest. Like these teachers are really demonstrating um, Excellence in the classroom, as I like to term it, and so that's why I think it's such a great, a great program and a great process. And in addition, Megan, remind us what Lenita and Stephanie received. Yes, receive so not only do the they get
0: teachers, the great recognition right? from us, but they get um, some money too. So that's even more exciting. We uh, actually were able to go on and deliver them in person, outside, social distance, with our masks on. But we got to see them this year and deliver a three thousand dollar check um, to each of them. Um, for them to use individually for whatever they want. We really don't want them to use that on their classrooms. And we know it's hard for them, but we want them to spend that on themselves because we don't usually get a nice um, surprise like that. So hopefully they're going to do that. And then they also receive $3,000 for the school um, for the classroom makeover, and they really can do whatever they want for that classroom. So a lot of times, um, you don't always get the money to buy new materials or new um, you know, supplies and equipment or or just something neat for your classroom that you really want to have. And this is um, the ability for them to do that. They can buy replace items, they can buy new items, and they can kind of think outside the box, which is exciting for a teacher, any teacher, to get money to spend on their classroom. And then we also provide the school some money for them to use for any time the teacher might need to be out of the classroom, like right now, um, if they're helping us do anything um, it, you know, on Zoom or hopefully in person, um, the te- the school has the ability to uh, have the money to pay for a substitute and for them to do any travel. Uh, again, hopefully we get to do that in the spring.
1: And all of that is compliments of the Georgia Foundation for Early Care and Learning. Yes. Which tags along with us on this uh, every year. Well, we're thrilled to have Lenita and Stephanie with us on this podcast. Let's learn more about them, uh, because that's why we're here. Lenita, how long have you been teaching pre-K, and what do you think makes this program so special?
3: So I've been in education for a little over 21 years. Um, I started out teaching special education in South Fulton, and then I moved into a second grade classroom. Um, And after teaching public school for a little while, a friend introduced me to Georgia pre-K, And um, let's just say I drank the (laughs) (laughs) Kool-Aid. I loved how I got to be um, the first experience that many of my students had with being in school. And and that's a big responsibility, you know, that I've never taken lightly. Um, I think the thing that makes the program um, so special is that you don't see this model in many other states. Um, We have the chance to really make a difference in the lives of our students early on. Um, We get a chance to show them um, how to love, you know, other friends, how to count and write and dance on beat, which is something I'm still learning how to do. (laughs) Um, And also, I got to teach my daughter in pre-K, and she is a sophomore in college now. Um, So Georgia pre-K was a firm foundation for her. So I am grateful um, to Georgia Pre-K for everything that they've done um, in setting just the standard, you know, for for many um, students. So, yeah, that's that's where it all began for me.
1: I remember seeing your daughter on the Zoom call, as a matter of fact, it's one of the things that made it so sweet, along with your parents. Um, That was great. And she is a you say a sophomore uh, attending where?
3: Valdosta State University.
1: All right. A little shout out to Valdosta State. That's great. Well, great background. And I love that uh, we captured you from the other grades and got you into Georgia's pre-K program. Uh, I think it uh, was a wise decision based on what we're seeing and the accolades that are coming your way um, now. Stephanie, how about um, you? Let's talk about, you know, how long have you been teaching pre-K? What do you think makes it so special?
4: Well, I started teaching in 2011 when I graduated from college. And it started off as just like the first job I could get, you know, looking for teaching. Um, And I actually started in a private daycare setting for the first five years. And I just spending the time in the program, I really fell in love with it. Um, So this is I just started my 11th year. And I feel like, you know, a new teacher in some ways because there's still so much to learn and so many new things um, to support these kids and teach them what they're doing. Um, But the thing that has always stood out to me about the program and just why it's so special is because, you know, it's so research-based. You know, everything we do in our trainings, every, every moment of the day, it's structured around what's developmentally appropriate for these kids. And so it just, it amazes me that, you know, a song is not just a song, it's gross motor movement, you know, a story time, it's not just reading is passing the time, you know, we're working on social emotional skills, we're working on literacy, we're working on concepts of print, you know, and getting all the kids ready for those complex skills that they're going to do as they get older. Um, so like Lenny, you know, her daughter's a little bit older, but I, my third son is in pre-k this year. So I've already had two boys go through the program, and I've got one that this year, um, who's going and I just see, you know, my son, who's in prega this year, really struggled in the daycare and he just he just was different. And so it's awesome to see, you know, this awesome program that I know is really going to help him adapt just in the social, emotional skills of being a school setting. And so it's just it's such a good program, you know, and everything they do and everything else as teachers do every day is really meeting those needs of those kids every day. Um in so many different areas. It's not just an academic setting, it's just preparing kids of like, you know, how to do school, you know, not just about this is science, it's these are the questions you ask and this is how you pursue it. So it really, it just, it's amazing to see every time we talk to our consultants or all the trainings we go to, we get so many great ideas of ways to implement that in the classroom. and really, like she said, just give them that foundation for success in the future.
2: Well, I think we uh, have two great spokes teachers for uh, pre-K this year, and they even have personal experiences. So, Megan, uh, good job. <laughs> good job on that process. There, that was I loved hearing that. Thank you for sharing that, uh, Stephanie and Lenita. Well, a few of us were on the Zoom call a few weeks ago informing you of becoming Pre-K Teacher of the Year, but now it's had a little bit of time to sink in. How does it feel, and what does it mean to you to be named Georgia's Pre-K Teacher of the Year? I'll start with you, Stephanie, this time.
4: Well, like I said, my son Nicholas is in Pre-K this year, so really special. You know, it just made it different um, to be able to celebrate this with him being in Pre-K this year, Um, and really him just being able to be a part of that. Um, it was definitely a surprise. Um I know our mine was actually after school and I did not expect it to be after school, but according so many people, um, it just turned out and it was, I don't know, just overwhelming at first. But um I still think it's kind of it's hard to believe, you know, being on this podcast, being our first, you know, official act is like, oh, it's turned to sink in, you know, it's still taking a while. Um but, you know, I've had so many people congratulate me, you know, and it's just really humbling because, you know, I wouldn't be here without my amazing team. Um, I mean, they are the ones who support me every day and just everything I do. I come to my assistant with a crazy idea and she makes it happen, you know, or my um, my co-teacher next door. She just is like, OK, well, you know, what, how can we do to make this better? Um So it's just, you know, there's so many incredible people that I work with at my school and just in the county as a whole. So, you know, I definitely don't feel like I'm the only deserving teacher um, around us because there's so many people and it's the ideas that I've gotten from people around me that have gotten me where I am and really... um, helps me become the teacher I am. So it's definitely humbling to realize that, like, you know, this is all a credit to them and everything that they've done. Um, So I'm definitely excited. And I mean, I think the biggest thing I'm excited about with is just being able to advocate in a new way for the program, because, you know, I truly believe in the power of this program and just how effective it is. Uh, Because, you know, I've seen firsthand with my own children, my oldest is in second grade. And just that foundation that it gives those kids for the success, you know, as they continue.
3: What about you, Lenita? Honestly, um, I'm still in shock. (laughs) Um, As you could, you know, see from the video, I had no idea. Um, And I kept, you know, saying like, am I a runner up? Because at my school, we celebrate everything. Even if you lost, they celebrate, <laughs> so you know, I just had to make sure um i am I am grateful, you know, and I am humble because um my my school they give and they give and they give, and the only reason I filled out the application was because um it said that they would get money for a classroom makeover and I totally missed the part that said I got money too. <laughs> so, um, when I was a finalist and I got the $500, I was like, um, where's the money for my school? You know, not that I wasn't grateful for the $500, but I was like, where's the money for my school, you know? And, um, they were like, oh no, you have to win. I was like, oh man. <laughs> so, you know, I, um, I always, always root for, for everybody. You know, even when I'm in the running for something, I genuinely root for everybody. And, and this time I was like, I'm going to root for myself. You know, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna pray for myself, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't sure if that was being selfish or not, but I wanted this for my school, you know, not for me personally, but I wanted this win for my school. And when, when we got it, I just kept saying we won, you know, we won. And so um, I'm grateful to you all for choosing me and it's not me, you know, like Stephanie said, it takes a team, you know, to do this. My co-teacher, Ms. Danielle, is my right and my left arm <laughs> I wouldn't you know i I wouldn't be able to make it through the day without her you know and so um and, and my students you know they keep me going so um thank you all so much for you know just seeing me um because sometimes you know we aren't seeing and so i I, I thank y'all so much and I love pre-K <laughs>
1: You guys are kind of like—is uh, it Delta Airlines? We love to fly, and it shows. You, right. you guys, you love pre-K, and it shows, and it comes through, and that's uh, that's great. Well, Megan mentioned all that's involved in this process: a classroom observation, small group video, in-office interview. No pressure through any of those things. By the way, we wanted to know what's the most challenging part of the process for you. Lenita, how about you?
3: Um, I don't know if it was really challenging, but um, having to do everything virtual, um, I guess you can say was a challenge because the day of my interview, (laughs) uh, the lights kept going off in in our building. And um, and I teach inclusion um, students. And so, uh, yeah, the lights flickering on and off was um, upsetting them. And um, then the Wi Fi went off, as it's doing now. <laughs> and, um, and my students kept uh, screaming my name because I wasn't in the classroom. So, and I'm on the interview, and they're like, Miss Nina, Miss Nina. <laughs> and then Alexa kept going on and off. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I was so flustered my ears were red. I'm sure my pressure was through the roof. And I was just like, this is not going well at all. And so after the interview was over, I just sat in my classroom (laughs) and cried for like 10 minutes. I couldn't even go get my students out the cafeteria. And so I was like, well, you know, there it is. (laughs) And so I was like, I wonder what I could do for fundraising to get the, <laughs> to get the money that I'm sure <laughs> I'm not going to win <laughs> so we can have a makeover for the classroom. But, you know, here it is, you know. Um, and I, I was reminding myself that diamonds are created under pressure, right? And so, that day was pressure, and and look what came of it, you know. So, like I said, I'm grateful.
1: <laughs> that is a great story, and I can't imagine going through all of that uh, and trying to give good answers. Uh, you know, trying to do the right kind of interview. That's amazing, Stephanie. What was your biggest challenge?
3: Well, I think.
4: As a whole, DECAL has made the process pretty simple. Um, so I really think, you know, everything that they ask of us, it's stuff we literally do every single day, whether it's small groups or, you know, like the video and the lesson plans. There's the pressure of having someone watch you. But, you know, I've kind of gotten used to that over the years of all the def- different observations, especially being in a school system. Um, but I think really one of the hardest parts was just nominating myself, Um I, you know, every year I get the email saying that the application's open and I just, you know, okay, read, you know, move on. But my pre-K director of the county had emailed and said, hey, I think you should apply. And I was like, "Uh, no, okay, whatever, you know, just put it off the side. And then my principal contacted me and he said, well, hey, I heard that, you know, this is open, you know, you should apply. It's like, um, okay, maybe, And then someone who worked in the board office, who was one of my parents um, last year, she emailed and said, I heard that you're going to apply for this, you know? And I was like, uh, and I had a student teacher at the time and she said, have you filled it out yet? Have you filled it out yet? I was like, I just, there's so many good teachers. Like why, why would I deserve to be the teacher of the year? You know, but I I had enough people bug me (laughs) that, um, They said, if you want to be nominated, well, you know, we'll consider, you know, consider this your nomination. So that was really hard because, you know, obviously I do the best that I can every single day. And I come to school, you know, like trying to be better each day. But um, to think of myself as, you know, special enough to deserve this, it's, you know, kind of hard, but like Lanita said, you know, this is not just something for a recognition for me. This is something for my classroom, you know, and to recognize our school and just to advocate for the program. So, um, so, you know, that was definitely a challenge for me, but I think in the end, waiting to see who won was the hardest part (laughs) because they didn't announce ours until pre-k week. And, you know, when we had first talked about it, They said, oh, well, we'll know by pre-K week. So I'm like counting down the days, talking to my sister. I said, okay, hopefully we'll know by Friday. You know, I was like, I'm just ready to be, you know, to find out. Um, I actually started talking with one of the other um, public school finalists. And so her and I were texting every day. Did you hear anything? Are you winning? Did you win yet? So, um, you know, that, that wait was definitely a challenge, but um, it, uh, it, I think the process when you're confident as a teacher and know that like you're trying to just do your best, you know, um, when I was talking to Lenita before I said, you know, these observations they are not necessarily about what happens. Cause in my observation, one of my kids got on a rolly chair and just went going across front of my classroom. <laughs> um, I told them, I said, it's more about how we respond and, you know, seeing, <laughs> seeing how, um, how we react to those situations. And so I said, well, I've got plenty of practice re- reacting to things that are unexpected.
0: <laughs>
4: so anyway, I think, you know, the process, they've created it as simple as possible, but it's just kind of how we, how we handle it.
2: <laughs> uh, Megan, I think we hear that every year when we start the announcers, like we weren't sure yes, if you were, coming. Yeah. We were watching your social media. That's so funny. We're sorry to keep you guys wait you ladies waiting but um, and I was gonna say this year we had to announce (laughs) Lenita
0: the day before just because of schedules and I had to tell them they're not allowed to tell anybody because I didn't want you to know that it was being announced and think okay now I've got this meeting the next day so Reg and Jerry and everybody I was like you cannot say anything until after four o'clock the following day which was when we announced you Stephanie so everybody had to keep it (laughs) hush-hush and it did take a little longer because of scheduling and that was it and you're how they kept it a secret from from both of you um you know I, they had known for a few weeks and to keep it a secret from you and your families and and everything um for that whole time is amazing so shout out to both of your project directors because they are awesome and and really did great helping me get the uh, get that scheduled so <laughs> let's give no, a shout out to no, red I no. he's not going to keep it so it's not in my dna
1: and somehow it, it worked out. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I want to switch gears just a little bit um, because both of you have taught through some of the most challenging conditions ever with COVID-19, the pandemic in 2020, and the variant in 2021. What have been your biggest challenges teaching under these conditions? Did you see a drop in attendance in your classroom? And if you participated in virtual learning, how did you handle that with four and five year olds? And I'll start with Stephanie.
4: Okay. Um, I really think that the hardest part has just been giving kids the full pre-K experience in a new way. You know, we had to, every teacher had to rethink how to teach in this new, um, pandemic setting. So it definitely has been interesting because I know what it's supposed to look like. And these kids, they don't know, they don't know what they're missing. Um, they don't know what it's supposed to look like. So they're just coming in blind. But I know that they deserve the full pre-K experience, regardless of you know, COVID guidance. And so we definitely made a you know a strong effort to follow all that guidance while still adapting the program. So um when it the pandemic first started, we did move to virtual teaching for three months. Um and so <laughs> I'll say having kids on Zoom when you had 22, that was definitely um, busy (laughs) and interesting. Um, But we had that for the first three months and all of us were just kind of figuring it out as we went. Um, We did Zooms twice a week. And for us, it was mostly about educating parents and in order to help them give their child that experience because everything is out that one-to-one interactions. So, um, you know, it was giving meaningful activities for parents to do with whatever they had lying around at home and taking that and not just saying, okay, do this activity of giving parents like, okay, these are questions you can ask and this is how to do it. And if you see that they're doing well, this is how you can change it. And it's giving them things that were simple, but meaningful to the kids. So thankfully we have not had to go back into any virtual teaching since we've been in person. Um, Last year, I think, you know, a lot of parents keeping their kids home um, has lessened all the normal sicknesses you would have. So our attendance has actually been really well, uh, really high um, because they're not missing for the other things. But um, we, I mean, had a waiting list every year for our pre-K so I know at the beginning last year, some parents changed their minds about um, enrollment, but we had so many people on the waiting list that so our class stayed full. Um, and thankfully, we've been able to stay in person um, and haven't had too much at our school in terms of kids getting sick. Um, but I think the hardest thing, you know, even now we still have those guidance of separation and you know not pulling to the carpet. Um, I think the hardest thing is teaching social emotional skills because those kids need that interaction with other kids. They need to fight in the block center, you know, to learn how to problem solve. They need to have 10 people in the home center realize we don't fit, but we can't do that this year as much. So it's just finding new ways to teach that social emotional skills um, when you can't be face to face with, um, you know, with kids and having that freedom to move with different groups. So I think we have found some good um, middle ground to be able to still teach them that and help them through it um, while still, you know, following the COVID guidance and keeping kids safe, you know, and healthy.
2: What about you, Lanita? Um
3: So, When COVID first hit, you know, we were just kind of flying by the seat of our pants. We didn't really know, you know, what to do. Um, We left on a Friday and we didn't come back, Um, you know. And I remember sitting at my dining room table and I was just in full blown tears because I was like, what do you mean? You know, I won't see my students anymore, you know. And then we had to try to figure out you know, how to teach virtually. And I remember trying to read a story and record myself and my dog kept walking across my computer screen and like looking and, you know, trying to see what I was doing. And she was like licking the book and I was like, oh, this is not working. you know. So I was like, I can't do this. And then it got easier and easier, you know? and And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. You know, I don't want to be virtual. And so when I came to JCA, um, and they said we were going to be face-to-face, that was, that was awesome, you know, um, but, then, but then it became a challenge. You know, how do you assure parents that your classroom is going to be a safe space for their child in the midst of the pandemic, you know, and so we, we spent a lot of time um, just reassuring, you know, the kids. Because they are wise about what is going on. You know, they listen to their parents or their families, they watch the news. I'm like, y'all watch the news? <laughs> you know, um, and so, and you have to reassure their families too. We spent a lot of time cleaning and 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 you know, trying to figure out, like Stephanie said, ways to um deal with their social emotional state, you know, and so you become creative even more so right so you teach um air high fives and back hugs and you know um if they are wrestling in the block area please do so with your mask on you know (laughs) that kind of thing (laughs) um and so it, it became sort of like um you know what can we do today you know to to be better than we were yesterday um And then it got really scary, right, because um, in my building, six of my students got COVID all at the same time, including me, my co-teacher, the front staff. And so we had to shut down and it was amazing to see how much my students enjoyed learning because they got on Zoom every day, every day. And I was like, if they can do it, I can do it. And we were all looking a mess. (laughs) And, and one of my students, I will never forget. He was the timekeeper. He would be like, Alexa, you know, large group literacy is at two 30. And so he was like, I got it, Miss Nita, you know, and, and one of, you know, one of our kids, her mom was like feeding her soup, you know, while we were learning. And, It was just amazing to watch. And when it was over and we were all back together, I think it made us stronger as a class, you know? And then we came back in August and and then we learned that there's this new variant, right? That is hitting kids harder than ever. And and in our class we say, um, you know, we'll see you tomorrow for another fun-filled day in the pond. And I'm like, will we see them tomorrow? You know, and um, that is scary. And so I was like, forget this. I'm hugging my babies every day when they leave out that door, you know, because what if tomorrow doesn't come? You know, so I got my mask on and I'm giving hugs, real hugs, you know, so um that's a challenge and it's real, you know? So until this is over, that's, that's reality.
1: Mm. Yeah, Yeah, it really is. And uh, amazing how much both of you have been through as a result of the pandemic year, we we could talk to Stephanie and Lenita all day. Unfortunately, we are running (laughs) A little short on time. So I want to kind of wrap it with this question because I think it might be very important for someone listening uh, to the podcast today. Let's say there's a pre K teacher out there listening and maybe they feel like it hasn't been an award winning year for them. How would you personally encourage them from your own experience uh, to hang in there and the work that they're doing? Is important, Lenita. What would you say?
3: There's this song um, that says, "Take me back, take me back to where it first began." And I, I hold on to those lyrics because um, there are some hard days. You know, there have been some really hard days teaching. Your your students don't always, you know, listen, or um, your families don't always listen. Um, but I go back to the reason I chose this profession in the first place, you know, and I want to offer that to my family of pre-K teachers. Why did you choose this profession? Why did you choose pre-K over any other grade? And sit with that and try to, um, remember that and don't always focus on the behavior of your students or, or, you know, families not saying thank you, but look at the difference you are making every day. Go back to the reason you decided to teach Mm pre-K. You know, we get to teach love. We get to play. We get to be their firm foundation. And that, is a serious job, you know, and I remember, you know, one day getting my person saying, I'm done. I'm not coming back tomorrow. I'm getting this car. They can have everything in the classroom. And I was like, oh man, I want to teach this lesson tomorrow. (laughs) So I'm going to come back tomorrow, but then that's it, (laughs) you know? And then I was like, oh I really want to do this thing on Friday with them. Okay. Next week's going to really be it, you know, and here I am 21 years later. So if it doesn't challenge you, it's not going to change you. So just keep showing up. I promise you, you're making a difference. I promise you, you are.
1: Great advice. Great advice. Stephanie, how can you follow that? Go ahead, give it a shot.
4: I <laughs> her yesterday, I said, I hope they ask me that question first because I just have to say ditto <laughs> to everything Lanita said. Uh, if there's anyone feeling like they're having a rough year, just call Lanita and she will make you so inspired that you'll just be like, okay, I'm going to be like Lanita. I'm going to do better because, I mean, I really... Just in the short time that I've gotten to know her, I'm already inspired. And I said, okay, by 21, I'm going to be like (laughs) a Bonita. So I got 10 years to get there. Right. (laughs) But for me, I think it's just showing up every day makes you worthy of an award. Um. You know, I have not that long ago had a year where I went home every single day crying because it was so hard. And, you know, in my interview, I told them, you know, I, I've i never questioned my calling to teach and that this was what I was supposed to do until that year. You know, and I was like, I've been teaching for nine years. Why am I feeling like this? But I I just, you know, I don't have a choice. I go in every single day. And that's when you start seeing the kids come back from, you know, the older grades who have to give you a hug every single morning. Or you see that child who you've been working and working and working with. um, That takes every bit of your love and energy. And then they have a successful day. Or they, you know, that area you've worked on, they, you know, they show improvement. And so that's where you just stop and think, you know, like she said, why are you doing this? It's because of those kids and those relationships you get to build with those kids. Um, You know, and one of the things my school did to celebrate this award was having all my former students come into the gym And they all were just sitting there. And I got to see every child that I've taught over the past couple of years at this school and just think they are why I walk in that door every single day, you know. Um, And so none of us have days where we feel like we are all award-winning teachers. But the fact that we show up is what makes us worthy of that. So, I mean, just keep on keeping on <laughs> because these kids are being changed, you know, one day, one minute, one story at a time, you know, it's, it's not about the big picture of kid through the years. What am I going to do to make right now special for these kids?
1: Well, you both did great with that question. Knocked it out of the park during World Series Week. So uh, thank you for that encouragement to teachers that may be listening. And let's face it, all of us have had those days, Lenita, where we just wanted to throw in the towel and not come back the next day. But then if you can think of one thing to look forward to the next day, man, I really want to teach that class. Uh, I think that's, uh, that's great. Well, uh, Lenita and Stephanie, congratulations. We are so proud of you. It's just the beginning. We'll be following you on social media. Uh, we'll be, I'm sure, hearing from you more on our podcast, on videos, all kinds of things that we have planned for you during the course of the year. So uh, looking forward to that. And uh, everybody else, we open nominations for Georgia's Pre-K Teachers of the Year every spring. So be watching for that on social media and on our website. Lenita, Stephanie, Megan, thanks for joining us today.
4: Thank you so much. Thank
1: and we you would, so much. It's great talking to you guys. We would be remiss if we did not recognize our previous teachers of the year, so let me reel these off real fast. Uh, Alderine Healy and Heather Melillo, Jonathan Hines and Heather Williams, Becky Thomas-Hayden and Stephanie Westhafer, Nathan Leatherwood and Jody McNamara, and Connie Ellington and Chani Frazier. And they go all the way back to 2016, 2017. As Megan said, six years now of celebrating Georgia's Pre-K Teachers of the Year. And it is so exciting for uh, all of us to be a part uh, of that. And uh, while we're talking about that, something brand new. In fact, this is the inaugural year of uh, something we are calling uh, our early Um, Childhood Educators of the Year program for 2021-2022, recognizing outstanding early education teachers of children birth to preschool with an infant teacher of the year, toddler teacher of the year, and preschool teacher of the year. And Commissioner, we uh, have those finalists now that we're ready to announce.
2: We do. I was really excited uh, to let them know that they were finalists for our infant teacher of the year. The finalists are Diana Black from Pookie Bear Learning Center in Savannah and Sharon Floyd from Sheltering Arms in Norcross. Our two toddler teachers of the year finalists are Kayla Anderson from the Greenbrier Price School in Evans and Maria Claudia Ortega from Little Geniuses in Marietta. And then our two preschool teacher of the year finalists are Whitney Carter from Cleveland Academy in Cleveland and Hannah Beth Reeves from. Academy for Little People in Chickamauga. And we will have a winner, I believe, by the end of this calendar year. Um, so excited and stay tuned for that.
1: Yeah, coming up in December, uh, the final winners will be announced. Each of these top six finalists receive five hundred dollars for their personal use. The top three winners, one from each category, will be named in December and receive an additional three thousand dollars for their personal use, two thousand dollars for a classroom makeover and up to $2,500 for their school to cover travel costs and stipends for substitute teachers as they fulfill their duties as Georgia's early childhood educator of the year. If this program sounds a little familiar to you, it's because we kind of based it on the success of our pre-K teachers of the year. So congratulations to our finalists. Look forward to naming our winners coming up in December.
0: Now your questions from the water cooler.
4: Hi, this is April Rogers, and I'm one of the child care services directors, and I live in Marietta. My question for the commissioner is, we're entering the fall season. What's your favorite part of this time of year?
2: Well, um, April, you know, it always takes a little bit longer than we expect for us to become to get into fall weather here in Georgia. But I, I, you're right. It's finally a turning fall. Um, you know, my least favorite are the leaves that are in my backyard. Um, but my favorite is just overall, just the change in the weather. It's so nice that it's finally not 100 degrees outside, but it's also not 40 degrees outside. So the 60s and 70s uh, make it really nice to just be outside and do fun things with the family.
1: And your kids are into sports.
2: Oh, my. Yeah, Like wall to
1: wall sports every Saturday.
2: Yes. We're, we're almost at a breaking point, but, uh, yeah. So Elaine is playing softball. Charlie's playing football. Lane's also in a Lion King production where she is Pumbaa the warthog. Um, <laughs> and, uh, so all that is winding down. And so we'll have about a two week break before we start basketball. Um, but you know, it's fine. That, that's what they need to be doing as kids. Keeping us busy on the weekend.
0: You
1: guys bring a little crew with you, uh, like <laughs> grandparents and, uh, and friends. Yes. So that's they're very
2: fun. fortunate to have their grandparents uh, always at their activities. I think Lane had uh, four games last weekend and everybody was there for every single game, which is why I'm a little hoarse because we were cheering on the champions.
1: I was going to say, is it true that like you might start in the morning, but then you might have to come back in the afternoon? Oh, yeah. We for played another... all day.
2: Yeah. Our first game was at nine and our championship game was at three o'clock. Yeah. We were, and we played one in between. Mm-hmm.
1: Wow. Yeah. And then you schedule collapsing for later in the afternoon. Oh, I was
2: exhausted. Like I can't, <laughs> I felt like I played for softball games.
1: <laughs> now it's time to give you a chance at winning a nice prize in the decal download quiz. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers to this question. Name one of Georgia's new pre-K teachers of the year. Name one of Georgia's new Pre-K Teachers of the Year. Send your response to Decal Download at decal.ga.gov. We'll draw one name from all the correct answers. You could win a prize from Andretti Indoor Cardigan Games, Chick-fil-A, Fernbank Museum, The School Box, Six Flags Over Georgia, Stone Mountain Park, Skyline Park at Pont City Market, Wild Animal Safari, or uh, also another wild animal adventure, and that's Wild Adventures Theme Park, in Valdosta. Thanks for playing, and good luck.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov.
4: The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at c o m m jacobs